This is our only chance. We have to take it. everybody, welcome back to the Look It All Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Godzilla v. Kong 2021. Godzilla v. Kong is the 2021 American monster film directed by Adam Wingard, sequel to both Godzilla and uh, Godzilla King of Monsters in 2019 and Kong Skull Island 2017. Currently, we've only covered on the podcast King of Monsters. Um, I have gone back and watched Skull Island, but I need to do a review of it. Not, I'm kind of unsure, depending on how well this review does, um, will depend on if we decide to go back and give Kong Skull Island uh, a full in-depth review. However, I have seen it, so I do have these under my belt as just references and knowing what they are. So, um, yeah, there's been tons of like Godzilla legendaries, Godzilla, uh, the the production company's legendaries, Godzilla. I think even since from uh, the Brian Cranston Cranston um, franchise. Um, so what am I looking at? It is the fourth film in the legendary monsters universe. So what what do we have? The uh, Kong Skull Island. We got the Godzilla. We got uh, and um, what do we got? Now we have King Kong. Uh, versus Godzilla, so it's like the cream of the crop. It's the the clash of the titans. You know, it's some of the biggest monster battles that have been on cinema um, to this date. So, given that there's the pandemic going on, you know, different states have different laws uh, regarding about going to the movie theater. I do think this would be best seen or you know best viewed on the biggest screen possible. I know this is one of those movies that is, could be categorized as a big, dumb movie, and I can't really argue with it, but with saying that, I think that it would still serve uh, serve the viewer the most uh, spectacle on the biggest screen possible. So I did watch this on my television. I didn't watch this on uh, theater, so I do regret that just a tad bit, which might, you know, might affect my viewing a little bit, but that's just something that you should know how we should go going forward with this shut up shut up <laughs> freaking my echo is just like busting one over there um okay so um let me see it is also the 36th film in the godzilla franchise 12th film in the king kong franchise and fourth godzilla film to be produced by the hollywood hollywood studio um this movie stars alexander skarsgård the oldest of the skarsgårds um Actually, there's an older Skarsgård that's a father Skarsgård, but we're not going to talk about him. He's the oldest of the siblings. We got Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Sean O'Geary, Isa Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Lance Riddick, Kyle Chandler, and uh, Demian Bashir. In the film, Kong clashes with Godzilla as humans lure the giant ape into the hollow earth to retrieve a power source for a weapon to stop Godzilla's uh, mysterious rampages. So, um, it was announced back in October 2015. Um, They had been planning this, uh, you know, franchise for quite a while. I wouldn't say this is not nearly as 
uh, planned out and as well as you know, everyone's going to compare it to the Marvel franchise and how Disney has had meticulous planning ever since they did the uh, Iron Man, be, the beginning of Iron Man, and just had this incredible franchise. So everyone's been trying to do their um, you know, monster universe, their own multiverse, their own something or another that to bring in all of their franchises all into one kind of big hit. So, um, Adam Wingard, I'm a little bit, uh, in the dark about who this guy is, but I think he's best well known for the films You're Next in 2011, The Guest 2014, The Blair Witch 2016 Project, Death Note 2017, and I've heard, uh, I've heard multiple reports that he is supposed to direct the uh, direct and co-write a sequel to Face Off, which is going to be pretty interesting. That is a crazy ass movie from the '90s. Nicholas Cage and um, uh, fucking what the hell is his name? Uh, John Travolta. God, <laughs> yeah, fucking John Travolta and Nicholas Cage doing some craziness. And this guy is also going to come in and possibly. Uh, uh, direct the Thundercats adaptation. So I'm kind of excited about that. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats! Ah! I don't remember anything else from that. <laughs> I just remember everyone's like uh, yelling and shit like that. But anyways, um, that is Adam Wingard. So let's go a little bit in depth about this movie from what's going down, the breakdown. The budget, $155 million to $200 million budget run, running running time uh 113 minutes i think that's what is that just under just under two hours um but yeah so let's see what it says um the film generally uh received positive reviews from critics and praise for the visual effects and action sequences but criticism toward the script and human characters it broke several pandemic box office records and has grossed 258 million dollars worldwide against an a break-even point of $330 million, making it the third-highest-grossing film of 2021. Also a major streaming hit, becoming the most successful launch to uh, launch in HBO Max's history. So this seems to have even broken Zack Snyder's Justice League's um, uh, big release. I kind of thought that was going to be a little bit bigger than it was, but I think that they kind of overestimated their... Um, the audience's interpretation for wanting to see all of Zack Snyder's goodness on on screen or even on uh, streaming. It's a loud minority, but they wanted to see it anyway. So let me see what we got. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Okay, so screenplay, Eric Pearson, Max Borenstein. Um, Pearson's known for feature films, Rag, uh, Thor Ragnarok, Black Widow, Godzilla v. Kong. Uh, Borenstein's was working on Godzilla 2014. We have covered that, by the way. Um, Kong Skull Island 2017. He did uh, contribute to 2019's uh, King of Monsters. And now he's here. So... Um, with saying all that, we have pretty much the majority of the people that have uh, been involved in the, a big chunk of what's going on in this monster universe. Um, but let's kind of go down to uh, the basics. All right, so we got the cinematography, Ben Siren, uh, music by Tom Holkenberg, 
um, also known as Junkie XL, which is this dude must be just getting hella work from uh, HBO. He was the same guy on Zack Snyder's stuff as well. I kind of liked his work here better. Um, let me see what Ben Serenstein's best known for. Saren Serenson is best known for. Oh God. He's best known for his work on Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Is that the second one? And um, World War Z and Unstoppable. I thought those were... I think I liked Unstoppable the best out of all those, but I wasn't crazy about them, to be honest. Um, yeah, he also worked on Pain and Gain with uh, Michael Bay, The Mummy in 2017. Yeah, I don't see too many things I'm crazy about on this. But anyways, that's just the cinematographer. I think this is some of his best work, to be honest. Um, when it comes to the massive scale of what we're getting in this movie, I just really enjoyed it. So let's talk about the uh, plot a little bit. Hold on, I'm going to do a little pros and cons of this movie. I actually was doing a live tweet, so if you want to check out all my live tweets on the, some of the movies that I follow, or sorry, that I watch, uh, go to at Lucky Dog Podcast on Twitter, and you'll be able to follow all the live tweeting that we do with some um, a handful of movies. Um so, yeah, I think the pros are it is a big, dumb, fun action movie. Uh, the best things about it are the action. The camera work is a lot better in this movie when it comes down to knowing where we are in uh, in correlation of these massive monsters that are the size of buildings. I felt like the biggest problem in the previous films. So if we want to talk about just in the last, like, uh, I think 10 years of the last Legendaries MonsterVerse, um, we have the one uh, Godzilla, I think 2014, that one with Brian Cranston. The biggest problem with that was there was it was so serious. It was so dramatic. And we, you know, it felt super real, but also to the point where I wasn't having that much fun and we don't actually get to see too much of the monsters. Um, the next one was uh, Godzilla, sorry, not Godzilla, um, Kong Skull Island. I think that what they tried to do there was they tried to make it more of like a universal ride while watching it. And so when you're doing that, it changes the effect of, how, you know, what you're going through of, uh, you know, watching it. It's like they they really tried to have the the... The explorer. They tried to have the scientist. They tried to have the photographer. They had. They tried to have um, the person that was stuck on the island. It was all the different tropes that you would think you would really like, and, I, and the majority of people I know really do like Kong Skull Island. I, I got to say, I think I'm one of the biggest uh, 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 critiques. I have the biggest critiques of uh, Kong Skull Island because I still I've watched it. New, I watched it several times without watching the full thing through. I saw bits and pieces, and then like two weeks ago, I watched the entire movie. And I still feel like those characters are so hollow. They can't really write these characters to make them interesting. Now, I do think the most interesting characters in all of the series are in Kong Skull Island, but yet they're still boring in my opinion. I don't really understand why they... Are like that. Maybe John C. Riley might have been the best character in that. Maybe Samuel L. Possibly as as well. But the thing is, they don't have. They only have a handful of the characters follow. Uh, you know, kind of uh, this legendary's monsterverse. So what I had heard was Brian Cranston 
Uh, I'm not going to go into uh, specific reasons why he's not in the rest of the uh, Legendary's MonsterVerse, but he's not. And I think the big criticism from that movie, which was in like 2014, is there should have been that one solid guy we keep going to every single movie that gives us the relatability. They keep changing the cast on us, and we barely were relating to these monsters in a way so that it's just they they don't seem to kind of be building on the stories that they already have, which thus leaves us only wanting additional action. And so when there's not this fun action going on, uh, we're kind of left with, all right, do we care about these characters yet? Uh, no, we don't. Okay, so then let's get back to the action kind of thing. So I felt that, again, here... They still do not know how to write the humans in an interesting way. I think the biggest problem is they always write these uh, they write these characters in a way that feel that you are supposed to care about these characters, but you they they are inconsequential to what's happening on these massive scales, you know. So I did feel like. The Kong Skull Island was was a little bit more important with regards to um, their input in the story. Like in this movie, I felt like Brian Tyree Henry, Millie Bobby Brown, all the information they find is irrelevant towards. It's supposed to be a big reveal, but I mean, us as a viewer, we're going to find this out anyway. So they it almost becomes inconsequential. So make them make them matter. So uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, yeah, so this was supposed to be released, uh, I think, last year sometime. I need to check. I don't know. But let me see. All right, so we are going to cover the plot right here. So this is the spoiler section. Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching Look It All Podcast. Thank you for supporting Look It All Podcast. If you want to listen to the spoiler section, please go to at Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Podcast. You'll get the spoiler section. And you'll get a slightly longer podcast as well as the full full cast of uh, all the other things that we have covered. We've covered Search Party. We've covered uh, P- uh, Possessor 2020, um, Sound of Muse, sorry, Sound of Metal. There are tons of reviews that are already hot and ripe for the picking. So go check that out. Thank you for listening, watching Luck It Out Podcast. Again, I would give this movie, I think I gave it. A six out of seven. Let me let me just confirm that real quick. And if I haven't, I think that's what I'm going to give it. Um, sorry, six out of seven. Six out of ten. Let me see. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to give this a solid six out of ten. Because I've watched it a, a week ago, and I can't remember a lot of the fundamental parts of it. Most of it's just visual. I think that it really has, uh, it doesn't deserve much higher than that. But I still want to see more in this world. All right, thank you for watching, listening, Look at All podcast. Here is the spoiler section. Take it easy. Five years after Godzilla defeated King Ghidorah, Kong is monitored by Monarch within a giant dome of, of Skull Island. How the hell did they even get him in there? Uh, every time they move Kong, I have no idea how they even got the, that dude anywhere. Uh, Kong is visited by uh, Gia. The last Yui native, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her uh, her culture. So the last native of, I believe, where he's from, um, Kong's, Kong expert, Kong's expert, Ilian uh, Andrews' adopted daughter, 
who is deaf and communicates with, uh, with Kong via sign language. This is very cool, so now we can have some real conversations with Kong. He can, have, uh, he can communicate with the people. Bernie Hayes is an employee of uh, Apex Cybernetics and host of the Titan Conspiracy Theory podcast. He extracts data suggesting sinister activities at a Pensacola factory. However, Godzilla suddenly attacks the facility during the rampage. Bernie stumbles on a massive device. Uh, Madison Russell, a fan of uh, Bernie's podcast, enlists her friend Josh to investigate Godzilla's attacks. Now, I will say this entire thing, I'm not crazy about there being a conspiracy theory podcast. I would rather there be some sort of basis of having the facts and stuff. So maybe if they could just remove that part, I would be a little bit more satisfied with Brian Tyree Henry's interpretation of Bernie Hayes. But he is cracking jokes left and right that don't even feel 100% um, grounded with this world. So we have uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, I forgot her friend's name, and uh, Brian Tyree Henry going on this side quest, the, basically the B-plot. It ultimately becomes, because we're in the spoiler section, we know what this becomes, and they end up being kind of the reason that they stop um, the Mega Godzilla at the end, because they pour whiskey on it. I do think it's kind of ridiculous. It doesn't really make much sense. And I kind of wish they had more of a, an interpret a play into it because I, I, Millie Bobby Brown had somewhat of a connection in the same way this this young girl has with uh, Kong. She kind of had one with Godzilla. I thought there was going to be some sort of um, matchup in a way where, you know, they both of the Kong and both of Millie Bobby Brown were the ones that they needed to be protected by these massive, you know, deities or these massive titans. But I don't know. Um, I. I just feel like the writing on this was not exactly on par. I kind of wish we were in uh, Millie Bobby Brown's perspective almost the entire time to kind of give us this Amblin feel, the small town feel that it ends up there's this massive conspiracy or massive, um, you know, massive plot to overturn something, something that just starts small and ultimately gets bigger, kind of like how Spielberg's work tend to, tends to do and has this real heart and soul, which I feel like the heart and soul in this is with um, the young girl, Gia, but she is not exactly on screen the most time and she's not the main character. So um, there's there's pros and cons to this whole thing all over. So Apex CEO Walter Simmons recruits Nathan Lind, a Hollow Earth uh, this Hollow Earth theorist to uh, to guide a search for power source inside the Hollow Earth, the homeworld of the Titans. Nathan is initially hesitant as his brother died on an expedition expedition to Hollow Earth due to a strong reverse anti gravity gravitational effect. I wish that would have been related to something that we would have known maybe like um, in Kong Skull Island or maybe something that we would have seen, like have these characters have some sort of some connection from the previous movies, like or show us something. They'll just tell us, um, you know, he agrees after Walter reveals that Apex has developed heaves, um, specialized crafts able to withstand the pressure exerted by a gravity field. Um, so it's like, okay, they're going on an expedition. This is kind of cool. So we have all these different side missions going on. This has to be kind of cool. Nathan meets uh, Ilian and convinces her to let Kong guide them through the hollow earth uh, through an outpost in Antarctica. Nathan, Ilian, and an apex team led by Walter's daughter, Mia, Maya, board a uh, 
modified barge escorted by the U.S. Navy that carries a sedated and restrained Kong. I did feel like this was a kind of like, how the fuck did they even get him on the damn barge? I, like that—that that was my biggest thing. I was like, my lord, did they have to sedate him if they could talk to him? That, a lot of questions. And when did they just—they just figured out they could talk to him? The, this little girl just always running up to Kong without any supervision, just shows up and can talk to him. It's like, could they not have told him? I don't know. Godzilla attacks the convoy and defeats Kong. Now this is this is all in one line, but this is an amazing battle. I had no idea the first battle that there's probably like two, I'd say three solid battles between all the monsters starting at about the 30 minute mark. It just here comes the boom. It was amazing. I I was very impressed with their ability to have different places that they were going to uh, fight. I'm glad it wasn't just city, 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 or um, you know, small towns or just random places and you know that they would fight. It, they were very specifically chosen. I did want to see a Hollow Earth fight, but we'll probably see another one um, between the two. Um, so he defeats Kong, but retreats after the ships disable the power and trick him into thinking they are destroyed. To avo- avoid alerting Godzilla, Kong is airlifted to the Hollow Earth's entrance, and Gia convinces him to enter the tunnel while the team follows him into heaves. Madison and Josh find Bernie, who joins their investigation. They sneak into their wrecked apex base, discover a secret facility underground, and inadvertently locked in an underground uh, monorail transport to an apex facility in Hong Kong, where they unwittingly stumble on a test of Mechagodzilla. So they almost didn't even need to be in the movie at this point because Mechagodzilla is going to be shown anyway. It is telepathically controlled by Ren Sirzun, um, the son of the late Iro... Irisho Siruza. That was uh, Ken Watanabe's character from um, uh, King of Monsters, which is completely sidelined. Like, the people that are actually in the movie that are connected are not even explained that they are the son of anybody. So the the, the writing in this just seems like they, they cut, cut, cut. We got to get straight to the action. Through the neural networks of the skull of the severed head of Ghidorah, but his hop hobbled by its power supply limitations walter intends to harness the hollow earth's energy to overcome um mecha godzilla's limitations which this is at this point we're going straight full pacific rim like i've i've covered pacific rim and i definitely think they did a better job at kind of explaining why you would need these massive monster fighting robots um and why we would even need to look like a godzilla you could make it any look like anything Okay, so inside the Hollow Earth, Kong and the team find an ecosystem similar to Skull Island. They discover the species ancestral throne, where they find uh, where they find uh, remains of an ancient war with uh, Godzilla's head, sorry, Godzilla's kind, and a glowing axe made from another Godzilla's dorsal plates. As um, from another Godzilla, what the hell? As uh, as they identify the power source, the Apex team sends a signature back to Hong Kong, Hong Kong's base, despite Ilian's protest. Um, attracted by Mechagodzilla's activation, Godzilla attempts and sorry, uh, Godzilla arrives in Hong Kong and sensing Kong, he directly drills a shaft uh, to the throne room with his atomic breath. Um, in ensuing mayhem, Maya and the Apex team attempt to escape, but their heave is crushed by Kong. 
Um, and nobody really liked the people anyway, so it doesn't matter. Also, there's probably like millions of people, maybe hundreds of thousands that are probably dead from this catastrophic thing, even though that clearly this is supposed to be, at least in the American version, Kong is definitely supposed to be on our side and Godzilla is supposed to be the enemy. And that's that's how it is framed. I didn't know that they were going to be this explicit with how, um, you know, who's good, who's bad kind of thing. But they clearly, Kong was our, was supposed to be the quote-unquote American guy. It's not like the uh, Japanese were, were, were claiming. Godzilla is Japanese? I think it's Japanese. Anyways, um, it's not like they were, um, they had like Godzilla as them and King Kong's us, but it, they clearly wanted King Kong to be like, you know, our God. And so, um, and they definitely do so much. One thing I didn't talk about in the spoiler-free section was how much they did humanizing. They were humanizing Kong. Every time they showed Kong, I felt like it was the beginning of like the Shrek movie. It was like, somebody once told me the world, you know, like he's like getting getting out of the massive ocean, taking from taking a shit and whatever else. Just it, they clearly wanted you to feel like uh, Kong was almost just like another person. Um, and Godzilla was just this other, you know, Godzilla wasn't like bathing himself and stuff like that to this, you know, uh, you know, decent ass soundtrack. Um, but anyways, um, so Apex, uh, Maya and the Apex team attempt to escape, but their heave is crushed by Kong, Kong, Ilian, Gia, and Nathan ascend to Hong Kong where Godzilla and Kong battle. Um, before we kind of ascend and all that, I want to say I enjoyed the Hollow Earth stuff. I did want to see a little bit more of the Titans kind of clash in there. I think Kong did get in a fight, but um, I think that the Hollow Earth has a lot of potential to to be revisited in all of, all of its glory. I think it kind of revol- reminds me of like a um, Pandora from uh, Avatar as well, just this other world, but um, hell, I didn't know it was easy to get that other world in just like five or ten minutes. They they jumped to Hong Kong in no time. So, uh, what else do we have? Um, okay, so Kong, Ilya, Gia, Nathan ascend to Hong Kong where uh, Godzilla and Kong battle. I love the neon all in Hong Kong. I, the, the, all the city fights, I had no problem with that. I think all of aesthetically, it works really well. I think the CG actually looks a lot better in this movie than it does in uh, Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island has this weird layer that is over Kong that just looks like he is a behind green screen. And uh, I just could not fully immerse myself in that world for some reason. It just was not working for me. This one worked a little bit better. Um, so yeah, what do we have? Um, Godzilla is initially overpowered by Kong, but Godzilla emerges viciously, victoriously, while Kong loses consciousness. And I think, uh, like, Godzilla's, like, like, got several close-ups on his face, and it's like, like fucking Bowser or something like that. Madison, Josh, and Bernie are caught by the security and taken to Walter. Despite Ren's concerns over the, uh, over the power's source of uh, viability, um, Walter orders him to activate Mechagodzilla. They lose control of Mechagodzilla, who kills Walter and exe- executes Ren and then, um, sorry, electric, 
who kills Walter, electrocutes Ren, and then attacks Hong Kong. Sorry, that was a mouthful. Godzilla and Mechagodzilla battle, but Godzilla is overwhelmed. Nathan revives Kong by destroying the the heave, and Gia convinces him to help by destroying the heave. I think they, like, restart his heart, but I'm not exactly sure what happens. They do something with his heart, and Gia convinces him to help uh, Godzilla. As Mechagodzilla overpowers both Titans, um, Josh short-circuits Mechagodzilla's controls with Bernie's flask of liquor, momentarily interrupting the mech. Like, that is the dumbest thing that i mean this is some straight 90s action i think chris stuckman actually said it best that this felt like a movie that was between like mid 90s and early 2000s and it 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 nails it directly on the head this is the type of thinking that would actually happen in that that case i kind of wish they would pour the liquor and nothing would happen just made it sticky (laughs) um but yeah that they kind of got lucky with that um so uh so yeah, okay. So they pour the flask of liquor momentarily, interrupting the mech. Godzilla supercharges uh, Kong's axe with his atomic breath, allowing Kong to destroy Mecha Godzilla. Madison, Bernie, and Josh reunite with Mark Russell, while Go- uh, Godzilla and Kong acknowledge each other before two, the two go each separ- their separate ways. Sometime later, Monarch has established an observation post in Hollow Earth where Kong now rules. I thought that they would probably have, um, like, uh, a Marvel stinger at the end of this, considering how this was, like, the big matchup of the of the time. And they, I feel like they've had stingers at the end of the other movies. I don't remember if the Kong Skull Island did, to be honest. But anyways, I felt like this was an opportune moment to have that kind of thing, but I guess not. Um, yeah, overall, this movie definitely feels choppy. It, it's probably a three- or four-hour movie taken down to a, a, a two-hour movie. And I can definitely feel it when it comes down to some of the choppiness of the characters, how many there were. There was... Uh, characters that felt like they were cut out, like Kyle Chandler literally doesn't look like he knows what's going on. Um, and some of the other characters, like I said, Bern, uh, you know, uh, Bernie and Madison and her friend, all kind of are just there for, to be proxies for the audience. But we really didn't need all that. I think they could have cut out a lot of it, unfortunately. So it ultimately suffers from not having enough focus but yet is still satisfying when it comes down to how much action you get and the choreography of the action it's not like the 27 2017 sorry 2014 Godzilla where they would keep cutting away from the action as if they couldn't afford it so yeah i got to say excuse me i really enjoyed the action I kind of enjoyed the characters, but I ultimately see what they're going to do. They'll probably replace the cast again, might bring Millie Bobby Brown again. But to be honest, the characters, they just they just can't write them. Uh, they, they can't make them interesting for some reason. I don't know. So maybe f- keep on following the girl. The young, the young girl who played Gia was probably my favorite. I did like Rebecca Hall, but she, once again, doesn't... They, they kind of just feel like they're there and they're not doing much. But yeah, so... Uh, yeah, this is, uh, 
this is about it. This is the end of the line for uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Let me know what everyone else thought about the uh, movie. Let me know what you thought about the movie review. Let me know how I can improve. Check out the Patreon if you're not already on it. I guess you have to be on it if you're listening to this. Um, unless I released it for free, there might be some special occasions where I'm releasing stuff. But if you are not already subscribed, please, paypal.com, sorry, paypal, patreon.com slash Podcast to support and get all of the podcasts early. Yes, you could be listening to podcasts like these early if you subscribe. Very very reasonable, like $1, $2, and $5. There's different tiers that you can do to help support, and they all help keep the funding in studio and help us grow and keep on bringing fresh, fresh-ass content for you just like this, the Godzilla Kong stuff, other reviews, TV, movies, media, all that good stuff, all in the podcast. Thank you for listening. Look at our podcast. Take it easy. We don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Who bows to who? Nobody gonna stop me. Kong bows to no one.